0: Hey, do you ever sometimes look around and just think, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> like, how am I here and why? Like, sometimes I just feel like I have this out of body experience, you know, yeah. like, there's such a cognitive dissonance between how I am and like, everybody around me. And sometimes mm-hmm. I definitely, I see like, all the white people here. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing here?
1: <laughs> like, <just laughs> yeah. Go back
0: to Europe. Like, you you shouldn't <laughs> be here either. Like
1: no I do have uh, yeah no I, <laughs> that, for me maybe it's directly like what am I doing here because I was adopted okay. <laughs> but uh, and that was totally out of my control and literally I was plucked from one country and placed in another but yeah I'll feel that sometimes <laughs> definitely okay. yeah I don't think it's strange
0: okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: escape from planet. A escape escape
0: all right welcome to another episode of escape from plan a i'm your host today diana and i'm joined with adam hey everyone hey how's it going good good i don't think we've done like a two person pod ever
1: no that's true
0: yeah it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a new thing long overdue yeah, seriously. Today, we're going to talk about articles that I read probably a year ago or so, but okay. I showed you, Adam, and yeah. I think we both were just really, uh like, when I first read these articles, I was kind of, like, blown away, you know, by what they were saying. But basically, they kind of connect a lot of the different global uh, white supremacist and oppressive systems that we see today. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like goes through the history of that. So, you know, tie in like slavery and anti-blackness to Orientalism and the colonial wars in Asia, as Mm -hmm. well as the genocide of indigenous peoples in America.
1: That's right. So Yeah. yeah.
0: So I guess maybe we should just go through them one by one or something or just kind of like. Yeah,
1: let's do that. But I was stunned too, especially I think the first article you shared with me, which is actually a chapter in a book called An Indigenous People's History of the United States and it's chapter 10. Uh Yeah, it's called Ghost Dance Prophecy and that just, I read it and I was just stunned by it. In this chapter, it's almost like it's a very quick sort of modern history of I think Native American and, and Indigenous American activism, but They tie it into uh, the modern history, or I guess the last 120 years of American military, foreign military policy, and history. You know, she she starts the article talking about the Wounded Knee massacre, and she juxtaposes the one from the 19th century in 1890, which sort of. Marks the closing of the West or the winning of the Western frontier and the uh, more contemporary 1973 Wounded Knee sort of protest, sit in siege, I think they call it. Um, Mm -hmm. So they juxtapose those two, but she also um, relates it to the war in Vietnam and the My My Lai Massacre. And how in 1973 in the media, they actually posted pictures from the historical 1890 uh, wounded knee massacre and, uh, you know, my lie. But that if you didn't know, you know, if you didn't see the captions, it would just, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. It really stunned me reading it because I hadn't really connected the formation and sort of the reason of being for the American military to westward expansion and the genocide of Native Americans okay. uh, and how that tradition and the, found, you know, the founding motivation has continued to this day. And it's like a, it, when people in the military talk about being in country, it's a shortening of being an Indian country. And, and it sort of places Indians and it being in an Indian country as being in an enemy territory. Um so they always talk about I guess in military in the military they always talk about being in country you know that that means that they're in enemy territory it just cements that Native American country is always the enemy that just stunned me because I hadn't it just sounds silly but I just hadn't put that two and two together
0: <laughs> Yeah I mean I never thought about it that way either nobody's ever brought that up like this is actually the same shit that's happening yeah. That happened historically. Yeah, I mean, like the idea that basically like the US, the creation of the US was colonialism. It was colonialism of absolutely the Native American nations that were here to begin with. And like nobody talks about it these days, but that's exactly what had happened and the article gives an account like a play-by-play account of what happened to the Sioux people um, since the Louisiana Purchase. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically the progression of modern colonialism. The American government uh, established trade posts Mm -hmm. Uh, in Sioux country, which is the first step, which is economic penetration. That's right. And then gradually they created the system where Native Americans stopped farming and became solely dependent on buffalo hunting, which was dependent on buying guns and horses and other stuff that they need for hunting from the Americans, from from trade.
1: Right. Because, yeah, they couldn't compete against the settler- hunters if they Mm use traditional methods, right? So Mm -hmm. they became dependent on the settler technology to keep up.
0: Right. So so that's step two, you know, the colonists increase their sphere of influence Mm. on the indigenous people. And then gradually, they start buying up more lands or indirectly controlling the land that the indigenous people are on. So that's step three, Protectorate status because they're just kind of slowly uh, losing more and more autonomy and more and more ground yeah. until they start putting up military posts more and more aggressively within that land. Um, so that's step four, which is military occupation. That leads to like a shift in balance, I guess, of the military power of these two people, the civilizations, mm-hmm. I guess, because when when the first trading establishments were created, or even like when the first military posts were created in the 1860s, the Sioux were actually on equal footing with the American military in terms That's of right. like manpower and arms. And they were able to put up really impressive resistance for 20 years. But because of their dependency on trade from the US government, like they slowly went from autonomy to a dependent status, that's right to basically just like having everything taken away from them. to so just like trading for survival. And then that's yeah. like, once their position is weakened, to that extent, they do step five of colonialism, which is just like full annexation And I think by the 1880s, they had taken, I think, like 900 million acres of Sioux Nation territory for, like, settlers. And they had put six independent tribes all away from each other geographically so they couldn't organize. And they put, like, white settlers in between them all so that they were basically isolated from each other and uh, they couldn't fight back. Wounded Knee was...
1: It was like the culmination of yeah, the exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's exactly yeah. And the annexation was not only just territory. I think it's important to comment that the United States government imposed U.S. citizenship on the mm-hmm. Sioux mm-hmm. And, and most other Native American tribes in 1924. For a long time, you know, Native American tribes uh, and and use the word civilization. They consider them, themselves independent civilizations and nations. By forcing citizenship on them, it it was another act of colonialism.
0: Yeah, it went hand in hand with the assimilation schools and just like kidnapping kids from um, their parents on settlements and putting them into native schools. But like where they taught you, they wouldn't let you speak your native language and they made you speak English and like learn all the customs of like, quote unquote, you know, civilized people. And then they changed their names too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it was a lot, and I mean, it's like the same shit that is happening in Asia at the time and kind of now too.
1: Yeah, so like this isn't exactly the same, but it's yeah. in the sort of the, I think it's in a similar vein. Is uh, in in Vietnam they had Operation Baby Lift, which mm-hmm. was seven. It was in the mid seventies, I believe. Mm-hmm. But like right when the United States was leaving, uh, they just decided that they were gonna take these orphans, right, these Vietnamese mm-hmm. children, and just send them to the United States in in the mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's a similar it, it's a similar act as just the kidnapping and forced removal of you know indigenous youth into these boarding schools.